0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Tapping Into podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Olverum, an award winning cult beauty and well being brand steeped in ritual, powered by nature, focused on self care, and finessed by science. The history of this brand is remarkable, starting in Germany in 1929, with the winemaker and his pharmacologist wife having a keen interest in a particular health spa and its therapeutic oils. In 1943, their secret oil recipe was buried in a monastic garden for protection during the war for safekeeping. Olverum are offering you a chance to feel relaxed, restored and renewed by giving you an exclusive 20% discount using the code tapping for This week we chat to family constellation expert Julie Williams. Born in America but now living in Greystones, Ireland, Julie is helping people all around the world release and heal on multiple levels, letting go of ancestral blocks and patterns that are unconsciously holding them back. Julie is a healer and scientist with extensive training in holistic and sacred healing arts. She holds degrees in biology, naturopathy, energy medicine, NLP, neuromuscular massage, Ayurvedic Yoda, shamanism and intuitive arts. We discuss what generational or ancestral trauma is, how it affects us, what family constellation therapy is and how it works to untangle the links to our ancestors and acknowledge what they've been through. It's a fascinating chat and I honestly feel everyone would benefit from this type of therapy. You can find out more about Julie at consciousness-medicine.com and all of our social links are in the show notes too. I really hope you love this episode. Do jump into our DMs and keep us posted. Hi Julie, welcome to the Tapping Into podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with me today and originally you're from California but you live in Ireland and you've been there for 17 years. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Hey Sarah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a transplant. I love it here <laughs> in Ireland uh, and um, you know strong roots as well, some Celtic roots in my ancestral history so uh, feels like home. Mm-hmm
0: you have followed your ancestral roots and you are now working in the field of ancestral energy and um, tell us first before we get into you what actually is family constellation therapy
1: family constellation work is developed by a man named bert hellinger traditionally and it takes a look at the collective energies family energies called the family soul So just like we embody our genetics from our ancestors, we also have states that can come down through energetic states, emotional states, and they fall into the category of sort of we take on suffering for the ancestral past. And we do this not to torture ourselves, (laughs) but out of love, right? Because we want to take on somebody's suffering so their lives could be better and ultimately our lives can be better. So it's love, it's loyalty, but there's also a very, very deep survival instinct attached to it. So these patterns run very deep in our subconscious in that we have to belong to our family in order to survive. So in the family of thieves, who doesn't steal, doesn't belong. You get me, right? Mm -hmm. So we continue to perpetuate generationally sufferings that happened in the past. And so the family constellation work releases our entanglements or our connections to these sufferings and allows us to bring forward the ancestral strength and the full life force energy that is gifted to us at birth and aligning us with our, our truth fundamentally and really promoting lasting change because these ancestral components are at the foundation in my experience as a practitioner. Mm-hmm at the foundational level, right? Because we're born in, in our family soul with our genetics, with that ancestral past, we begin to live and then we have our childhood imprints and belief structures, identity structures and all of these things that form on top of the ancestral components. So it's a super important thing for anybody on the personal growth (laughs) journey to take a look at these ancestral patterns, to release these entanglements and embrace life fully.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, I find that ancestral trauma, which is the term that I'm more familiar familiar with, comes up so often in in every client session almost. Um, And that's what you're saying there. It kind of just underpins and is the foundation on which we are conditioned on top of uh, and and who we learn to be is rooted in what we
1: are repeating from our uh, family past. Is that right? Exactly right. Mm. Yep. Yep. And it's so unconscious that we don't even realize that we're doing it. And because it's so tied to love that we can mistake being in our flow or in our heart space or acting from a place of love, we can mistake replaying these entanglements for that rather than the true unconditional love, joy, bliss that life force energy, you know, really is
0: hmm. As you're saying that, I'm kind of thinking about responsibility. Like As a child, we take responsibility for our parents' happiness.
1: And certainly I've seen that quite a bit. What does that fit with what you see as well? Absolutely. You know, it's um, it's quite interesting because it's that level of responsibility where, you know, it, you know, if I were to say to you, you know what, Sarah, you're not doing a great enough job in the emotional capacity. So I'm going to take on those deeper emotions for you and I'm going to process them for you. Okay. It's a bit rude, isn't it? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you know? Like, uh, you know, so it's that level of, you know, responsibility that gets locked in at a very young age, really with birth. Do you know and then our belief structures and identity structures get stacked on on top of that and we want nothing more about for everybody to be happy for mm. our you know our parents because if our parents are happy and can love us in the way that we want to be loved then we'll be okay so that's that cycle that gets activated and taking on responsibility for our parents pain and the safety that comes with that isn't it because going back to what you said earlier about
0: survival we want to feel safe and if our parents are happy and the household energy is full of love then we absolutely are going to feel safe and cared for but if it's the opposite then we're going to feel threats
1: insecurities doubt fear the works exactly and then it just replays through life mm. you know in all the in all the contexts um, and it can be really heartbreaking but the family constellation work allows it You know, it's heartbreaking, but it breaks our hearts open, right? To be Mm. able to accept a greater, you know, support, like to be supported by our ancestors, by forces unseen, to know, you know, this ancestral soul field that we work in for Family Constellation wants us to win, wants us to be healed, wants us to let go of these entanglements so that the generations present and future can live a more harmonious life. So that's a really powerful thing as well with this work um, absolutely yeah it's undeniable yeah yeah
0: like I have um experienced taking clients through journeys I suppose as well to connect with ancestors and and I do it a little bit like handing back through the family line um in a virtual way rather than in a physical way um and I have seen family members in my mind's eye it was what I mean um, rejoicing like whooping cheering um dancing skipping hugging like literally they are sitting there I feel waiting for us to do this work waiting to come and be acknowledged to be seen and heard and to have their pain validated so they their spirit can be suddenly free to go wherever they want to is that the kind of energy you feel as well
1: Exactly. There's there's a few main movements of the family soul that I've been doing this work for a while now that um, I've adopted kind of my own style to it. So I call it movements of the family soul. And there's a few of these movements that when you do them in a particular order, it allows for that complete soul transformation. And the last step after we embrace life and we, you know, release the entanglements, to do this in the group format, there's a few formats to do family constellations. The traditional is the group where we sit in a circle, you ask people to represent and to stand in the field. And then as facilitator, we'll use words or movements to explore and release the entanglements. And at the end, you get all the ancestors lined up, right? And the persons whose constellation it is to step into life. And the love that beams from every single one of the faces of the representatives, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is just something that, yeah, they want us to be free of it because they don't want us to live the suffering that they lived and their soul can't fully come to peace in the family soul if somebody else is holding on to it. It creates a tension if they're suffering, if we're holding a piece of that, they can't fully come to rest because it's still active here. But when we Mm. set it down, the energy can go back to where it needs to be and rest in the system so everybody gets a greater sense of peace.
0: And that's the ripple impact, isn't it, that we can have with, you know, as, as a mom or a father doing this work now in their mid 30s, 40s, 50s the the flow, energetic flow into their already existing or children or spirit babies that are wanting to join the family are impacted as a result?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I work a lot with um, fertility, family constellation mm. and fertility is goes hand in hand. So amazingly, you know, I love to joke that I love to get women pregnant, you know, <laughs> doing family constellation work because these entanglements, you know, Run so deep that instead of coming into life, for example, and living the suffering, some of these souls with miscarriages or stillbirths or very young deaths, essentially what their soul is saying out of love is, I will give my life now in order to make everybody in the system's life better. But as you know, from the work that you do, it causes a lot of suffering. And does it really make, you know, make things better? Of course, we get stronger and all, all of that. But it's really, you know, a lot of times these lost children. So women are who are having issues conceiving or holding a pregnancy, you know, when we look in their ancestral past, we'll often see there was, you know, stillbirths, miscarriages, people that died young, you know, womb twins, all of these things. And when we clear those, from the woman's field, if she's carrying those for the ancestors, and as you say, sort of like allowing it to go back to where it belongs, getting it off their system. Mm-hmm. I've had, you know, many examples where doctors have said to women, do you know what, you know, don't just stop trying, like, it's really not going to happen for you based on the medical, you know, tests they can do for fertility. And they've gone on to have two, three healthy children, you know, big families after doing the family constellation work. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is so powerful. So for anybody listening who's just like, but how does that physically and energetically, how does what happened in the past affect me right now? Can you walk us through that, please? Because I think that would help concrete this for people.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, you know, because it's a, it's a concept that can be hard to grasp, but in a way, even grasping it helps you release the need to Mm. be responsible for the entanglements. And so again, it's a, it's a pattern that's very subconscious and you know, on the work that you do as well with EFT, it's very effective. It repatterns the subconscious mind so that your conscious mind can actually resonate and create what you want in reality. My words with it, I'm sure you would describe (laughs) what you do differently, but It's a similar thing, right? Where what we're doing is we're getting into that, you know, 95% of what we do comes from that subconscious patterning, right? So we have to repattern those subconscious loyalties that keep us sort of in that, you know, merry-go-round of the of the same pattern. So, you know, how does it work? And I think this is one of the really things that I really love about the work is working ancestrally here with family constellations, it's not about cutting the ties or trying to get rid of, because actually it's the exclusions in the ancestral past that cause the entanglements. I like to think about it, describe it as a vase, right? And the vase is full of, of water or love, the family soul, life and love flows through it. Anybody in the past who's excluded, died young, cast out, institutionalized, there's a whole list of things. They're denied their fate, as Hellinger puts it, and they're cast out. And so we come up and, you know, plug that spot to try to get the flow of love, right? But then we leave our spot. So it leaks out there, right? So the idea is completion. We want to give that ancestor their place in the system. This is the orders of love. We want to give them their place. That's their place and only their place. Life that comes through your parents to you belongs to you. Whether we decide to stand in that place and live our life fully or stand in somebody else's place and get entangled with the suffering is a subconscious choice. So the way it works is we complete the system. We re-include everybody so that we don't have this need to take on what others, right? They're suffering because it's only going to make more suffering, right? There's another movement called Big Little, and this is foundational to every family constellation and this movement that anybody even listening in can can do and get the awareness of this is that the parents are the big ones the children are the little ones it's the order we arrive on the planet right few certainties in life but that your parents were here before you <laughs> was one of them right now what happens is if your parents aren't in their big enough place we can't be in our appropriate little place okay This causes the entanglements. Okay. So essentially, what we're doing is we're running upstream and standing in somebody else's bigger place. So, what we do is to work to include everybody, plug the holes in the system, allow that big little dynamic to come into harmony, right? Because if it's not, you kind of get sucked back into it, right? Like if you're meant to be little, your parents are meant to be big, but they're not standing in their big place, you get sucked into the suffering. So, it's kind of like plugging the hole, filling the spaces. And there's a bunch more movements that we do to really solidify that, allow you to be seen, allow you to receive, and allow you to embrace life. So don't know if that answers your question, but that gives you a little bit more information about how how the whole thing's wired. Yeah, because it's a really, that's one thing people ask me, how does this work? Do you know, Mm. because you sit there and you watch this family constellation And the representatives, the roles, like, you know, who you are, it's not role playing because you're not Mm -hmm. acting, you know, who you are, but you also have this energy running through you, this personality, you know, and you're, you're people are like, what, how does this work? You know, so it's almost like taking things that's outside of form and bringing it into form so we can work it and release the entanglements. But Mm -hmm. fundamentally it's about that completion and then taking our place within the system. So they're getting really... the roles back
0: into alignment as to how they were meant to be, and I suppose parents who aren't taking responsibility for themselves are staying like children, you know, and and are staying small. Um, is that is that kind of the representation of the the big but acting as little?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if yeah. they're, and it's an interesting distinction. Thanks for bringing that up because big little is not like small large right? Like, for example, you can care for a parent with, and that doesn't mean that you're being big for them. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like what the big little dynamic is that, you know, we're taking on the suffering for them. So Mm -hmm. they're not standing in their place. They're, they're trying to stand in somebody else's place. So we plug their hole, right? Yeah. But we're all caught up in the same wave of the ancestral soul And, you know, parents and children are grains of sand on the beach, right? So that we're all being rolled, these patterns can run back, you know, up to eight generations back. That's where the ancestral soul strength really resides. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot that can happen in those generations. So it's not even parents to children, you know, parents and children are caught up in that same ancestral wave. It's a bigger picture. We've got to open the picture bigger and say, what are we caught up in and so that dynamic between children and parents or siblings you know when i'm doing a session with somebody i want to know what is that dynamic because that's going to give me an indicator of what happened in the past right Mm. what are they resonating with in the past you know to be able to include that person so nobody else has to carry it downstream
0: with the ancestral trauma work um one of the biggest causes of ancestral trauma is believed to be the separation from mom or like you referred to the separation from family um and gabba mate talks about you know that the trauma that we experience isn't necessarily what we go through but it's the lack of um being able to share that experience and to get um relief from that experience is actually where the trauma comes from and going back generations and generations things were swept under the carpet the 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 aunt that was murdered by her husband they were now both never spoken of again the the lady who lost her tenth baby um was just you know sad old Mary um the everything was so hidden everything was so suppressed and for me like the suppressed energy the the hidden the shameful the guilt the blame all those kind
1: of energies are what maybe you're, you're describing as, as outside the vase. Is that right? Exactly right. Yeah. That's mm. the suffering, right? When the exclusions like that happen are the secrets, the guilts, the shames, mm. somebody who immigrated and everybody forgot about and never spoken to again, yeah. it doesn't have to be really violent or awful, right. Or a miscarriage, like you say, you know, okay, well just get on with it, you know, mm-hmm. like, And now in these days where we're becoming more consciously awake, now is the time where, you know, and I think this is why trauma is being de-repressed at such a huge level, right? Because we're becoming more conscious of these things. We're talking more about things. We're including so much more of what's going on in the collective from, you know, gender to race, to all of these things. There's a, there's a mass inclusion very consciously. And when we do that, guess what? Like the secrets from our ancestral past are going to want to come up to be healed, right? Um, in that, and so you know, part of the healing process with family constellations is, you know, we'll do the work, and then these perhaps you know people who were cast out or these events that happen that were traumatic will begin to come back into the memory. And can cause some disruptions in the family if it's shared, you know, like for abuse, for example, right, if Mm. they come to the family and say, Oh, it's just I found, you know, just repressed that this is what happened to me and the family can either come together and support or can fracture and, and deny but from where I'm sitting, if it's out and being talked about, (sighs) the ancestral soul is being healed, right? It's difficult for the secrets to come out, but it's necessary for healing. So just awareness
0: alone is really, really helpful. Yeah, uh, 100% have seen that. Um, Mark Wallen has a book called It Didn't Start With Me. And just that phrase alone, I use a lot in tapping. You know, it's like, this isn't mine. This didn't start with me. This started, didn't even start with my parents. It started so long ago. It's no one's fault, it kind of takes the blame away. We hold so much blame for on ourselves for our suffering, right? And actually having that awareness just takes so much of that pressure off.
1: Absolutely. And exactly, you know, in this... It's not personal is kind of the, yeah. the words that I would use. And it once you realize that the dynamic of how, you know, your parents treated you or your siblings treat you, once you realize that that's just the, I call it the dance of the shadows, right? The ancestral shadows are dancing. It's not personal. It's not who you are. Mm. It's just these ancestral shadow elements that are playing and dancing with somebody else's you know i think it brings forward a deeper level of compassion i know that happened in my life when this work you know when i really began to embody this instead of taking it personally if somebody was treating me some way that was unkind i could just take a step back and say hang on a minute here this is just you know an ancestral dynamic that's happening here i need to shift my energy my vibration by clearing these entanglements so that I don't draw these conflicting situations anymore. So, and yeah. Yeah. It kind of um brings
0: me to kind of what you were saying about shadows there and, and actually shadow work is that when we are holding something subconsciously, um, it can be projected back to us in our experiences. So what you just, just described there is, you know, if somebody wasn't nice to you, is that a projection of something that you're holding, whether it's a personal belief created by an experience that you have had as a child or or beyond, or is it the ancestral shadow that is actually interfering with our subconscious and is, is creating the pattern
1: being repeated in front of us? Absolutely. You know, as I say, it takes two to tango. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the vampire can't come over the threshold until you welcome it in. There's some part <laughs> of you that's engaging with that conflict, you know, and I see this a lot in relationships, you know, couples will come and they have a very deep love for each other and a very deep soul connection that I can see is going to carry them through their life, but they have this conflict that's threatening to break them up. And it's like, if if it's the, here they are, right. And their ancestral You know, auras are around them, and it's the ancestral shadows that are bumping together. Personally, they love each other, but Um. that ancestral conflict, right? So, this is also where we heal the most in relationships because this comes up, right? It comes up for us to be able to see it, to take a look at it, and to work towards healing it, right? The universe is not trying to torture us, right? It wants (laughs) us to see this so that we can take a look at it and do something about it.
0: Yeah. And like we're all, Deserving and worthy of this life force energy that is coming down through the line, it's just not also sometimes gets blocked through these this suffering and these circumstances and these events. Um would you classify this as quantum healing? Like when you were describing people standing in, like embodying almost the energy of a family member in this circle situation in your group dynamic, would you would you link it
1: to quantum healing? I would definitely link link it to. Well, I call it quantum healing. I now practice consciousness medicine. In the early days, I used to call it quantum healing, which includes the family constellation work in it. You know, and using the principles of quantum physics and consciousness and conscious intention to be able mm-hmm. to shift realities. So, from that perspective, absolutely yes. You know, because. Our bodies live in Newtonian physical reality, you know, a linear time frame, cause and effect. We get older. Our consciousness is in the quantum realms of infinite potential, where time is not linear, where everything exists at the same time. You know, everything does, right? And we have the honor in these embodied states to be that bridge in between, right? The duality. Of what we live in to the non-dual states of pure consciousness. So when we bring those representatives in, it's like we're bringing what's in that pure, you know, quantum conscious space yeah. into a linear, du- dualistic, Newtonian frame where we can work, and then we release it and send it back in. So we're bridging both. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you're doing you're bringing that into a physical represent representative in your group work. Um, and I'm doing that virtually in the mind's eye and um oh, and that's the intention piece right so we're just visualizing almost um a family tree and plotting out where everyone fits on that family tree and we're handing back these energies these this suffering these beliefs these patterns and the, and the physical ailments that have come down that line and down that tree and um, yeah so it it really does transcend god anything like that <laughs> the the norm you know like the, the norm the normal way of, of doing therapy or the normal way of thinking about our physical body and 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 how we how we relate to the world it it is beyond kind of the norm <laughs> this 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 way of working
1: yeah. And I love, I love to hear this. Like you're making my heart sing of like that, you know, you're doing this work virtually because, you know, given pandemic and all that good stuff. But even before then, mm-hmm. we could no longer meet. And, you know, because family constellations are all hugging and crying, and uh. slobbering <laughs> on each other, like not, you know, pandemic <laughs> friendly. Right. So we go to work virtually, you know, and I have also developed a one-to-one practice and it sounds a lot like you're doing that virtually, right? Where we can create dimensional, you know, realities and consciousness where it is if I have a room full of people standing in, the energy's still there, but I'm just working virtually one-to-one and this is that quantum space. So that's why I say it makes my heart sing to know that you're, in that space and also you know we work we can work with dollies like that's you know I do online constellations and I have these beautiful dollies that are made by a group of african women african constellations they're handmade wow. they're absolutely gorgeous they each have their own personality i found you know <laughs> and so i'll set it up you know on the board and we can do a constellation and it has the same energy right wow yeah with that so yeah, there's a, a variety of different ways to work work with it
0: I love it. And that's what's so cool about energy and frequency, isn't it? Because you don't need to be with somebody. Um, they don't even need to be alive. Like that's the thing you You like, you're not getting your, which is the beauty of it. You're not getting your clients to go, ma'am, I think we need to do this work and I want you to come in and stand in this circle with me and dad, I think you need to come too. And you know, you don't, you don't have to involve the players in real life and from my work, and I'm, you have probably have hundreds, thousands of stories of this. Like I do the work with a client and then all of a sudden they get a phone call from their moms and, and the mom's like, oh God, you know, I really miss you. I haven't seen you in ages. Or um, the aunt or the uncle b- gives a gift of money or, you know, there's just something in the family shifts and it's remarkable. Tell us a couple of stories like how, what you've seen in terms of the knock on impact of it.
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know, my own personal case, you know, before I started this healing work, I, I was trained as a scientist, a geneticist. So, it, you know, scientific wow. genetics into this, you know, fascinating Um realm of things. And I worked in, you know, corporate America and life sciences, pharmaceuticals up against the glass ceiling, all of that stuff. Right. Wow. And I was successful at it because I was doing all these trainings and personal growth, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, languaging patterns, clearing the ends. So everybody loved to come to my meetings. Plus I was super intuitive so I could download what needed to happen and just, you know, communicate. Right. So then I found family constellation work and Really allowed me to align with my own truth, right? Instead of getting kind of off the path of here I am, pharmaceutical, what am I doing? Why am I, what am I working for? Material possessions, shiny cars, corporate jets, all that stuff. But I wasn't happy. And ultimately, I became a scientist to heal, to, you know, to want to help people. And it really dropped me back into my whole life changed. I left corporate with a really nice package. So I had loads of time to kind of sit and yeah. be and meditate. And this healing work came from it. The consciousness medicine work and being able to practice all that I've been doing for the last few decades came from that. So my life changed profoundly. Now, my parents knew me as a scientist working corporate, and they were happy with that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a stable job and all that. So when I left and went into this kind of crystally jingly Woo-woo. from their perspective, <laughs> I know they were like, hmm, Right. So I didn't share as much with them, but when I was doing the family constellation work, I noticed profound changes in both of my parents in their emotional states, being more calm, like all of these things, you know, my mom joined these clubs and things rather than staying home, being isolated. Like I noticed all these really positive changes in my own family and they didn't even know what family constellation work is. Didn't know what I was doing. That was super powerful. You know, personally, you know, with my clients, same thing you're talking about, right? The amount of times somebody, an ancestor or a family member will call during a workshop, right? Or photo albums. This is one I see quite a lot. Photo albums will show up in the mail after somebody has done. Happened to me as well after doing family constellation work. It's like, oh, I found this in the attic and thought you might like it. And all of a sudden you're including all of your ancestors visually because you're seeing these pictures you've never seen before. Do you know, and oh, I have
0: shivers talking about that.
1: I know it's just like it, it happens quite a lot. So, yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, I like that one. And yeah, it doesn't involve having to say, Hey, come sit in the circle with me. Everybody's mm. going to benefit from it. However, the more people that you have, the more family members that you have doing the work, the greater the benefit to the family soul, That's So whole group. Yeah. This is how the work took off here for me in Ireland because families are very important. Here in Ireland, all in the world, but you know, in Ireland, you know, versus the US, it's very different, right? So one family member would come and send their sister and send their brother and send their spouse. And so that I would notice the more family members, you know, either working one-to-one mm-hmm. or coming to a workshop. If they come to a workshop or give retreats as well, it supercharges it. It's kind of like exponential, greater than the sum yeah, of the individual parts
0: kind of thing. They're there in body, not in the in the replacement body, if that makes sense. Um yeah, so I presume that the energy would absolutely be off the chart in those situations.
1: Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's it is just so amazing, you know, and even like to, you know, the kids, right? Because a lot of times parents, especially new parents, will will come and they don't want, I love to work with kids in utero, right? Mm-hmm. Because parents new becoming parents and saying, I want to release these ancestral entanglements so my child doesn't have to carry them. And they want me to work with a child and I'll say, well, let me work with you first. Cause you know, we release your entanglements and the kid's free of it, you know, but to work with these little ones in utero and basically just say, you're the little one, like, just do you, this is all big people stuff. This is none of your business, you know, and just to see, you know, that, of course I'll see them through birth. And as they get older, these kids, it's, you know, really amazing to see how they're able to embody their power, not have so much suffering, not have so much of that drama, you know, mm-hmm. but if it does show up in the child, we can work with the child, but really we want to free the parents up from it. Cause we, t- cause the kids carrying it for the parents. So, um, you know, so for the kids, the children, it really, I think it's hopefully going to make a big difference, you know, as they inherit the world that we live in today.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just so powerful. I'd like to share my story actually, because what kind of got me into ancestral trauma was while I was doing my EFT training, Bruce Lipton, you know, was top of the top of the bill in terms of somebody to investigate. And he's kind of the king of epigenetics and uh, the original stem cell researcher. I'm sure you're very, very, way more familiar with him than I am. Yeah, we have the same background. So I yeah. love it. I,
1: I can I understand all those words he uses. I'm like, oh, I love yeah, it. When he talks,
0: incredible, yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible. Um a really, really good person to, to listen to for anyone who, who doesn't follow him at the moment and his books are amazing as well. Um, so, you know, there was all of this talk about kind of ancestral things and I did my training and then I went on to do, um, I don't know if you've heard of matrix re So it's using tapping on in memories. So like kind of standing in a memory with your former self, tapping on them, talking to them, understanding what that version of you went through. Uh, and then allowing yourself to coach them to let go of that. So kind of freeing them and from the prison, like kind of being held in, in, in that, in that age or at that time. And then um, a few months later, I did a birth matrix re with light matrix training with Sharon King. And so that was really focused on using the matrix, uh, matrix technique on birth and our birth experience and in utero and everything. And it suddenly then kind of dawned on me that I, I remembered that I was in therapy at the age of seven. So I went, I was sent to a family therapist at the age of seven. Um, and this is really only a few years ago. that This has all fallen into place for me. My mom's mom died when she was seven. And so, um, and, and then like I have mapped out the, the trauma within that family. and. Um, since then you know but and it it makes so much sense like her her dad lost you know a lot of his siblings there was alcoholics in all both sides of the family there was cancer in both sides of the family there was deaths traumatic deaths my granddad watched his dad drown on the side of the beach um huge amount of trauma uh my mom's mom then died when she was obviously six turned seven and. For me, just realizing, oh, my God, like at seven, I was feeling something was coming in my behavior that was deemed worthy enough of like seeking support for. Right. Because it was out of character for me and um, and got looking back it was because I was afraid I was going to lose my mother. I was afraid that something was going to happen to her because that's what happened to her at that age. I because I, man- I managed to communicate to the therapist that I didn't feel loved even though they told me all the time, right. And they were there for me though. You know, my mom had postnatal depression for the first seven years of my life. She was on medication for a long time until she got to this therapist who was helping her. Then he helped me. So just all this stuff started to make sense. This jigsaw came together and I realized that what I was carrying wasn't mine. And the anxiety in my life just totally shifted. Like I I didn't realize I was a highly anxious person until I I did the training and had multiple releases all around in neutral childhood and this ancestral piece. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, I am such a different person now. I am calmer. I don't ruminate. I don't worry. I don't project. My inner voice started to completely disappear. Like I didn't get that, you know, criticism all, all the time. So. Yeah, that was life changing for me, and that's kind of how why I've want I've researched it more and brought it more into kind of my practice. And that actually just naturally came comes up quite a lot anyway. So how does that all sit with you, and in, in terms of like the family constellation piece?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. That's a it's a beautiful beautiful story, and um, you know that fear fears at the bottom of the barrel. Really, you know yourself as a therapist. You know, spoiler alert, right? You can work through everything, and you're going to have to face your greatest fears, right? Because that allows us to drop into and embody our own safety. Do you know? So that kind of thing, we also see, um, in family constellations where what happened to your mother at seven, at seven year, years of age, like the family soul kind of bomb goes off, right? Mm. Right. And Time it just, bomb. Yeah. yeah. And it just made something happen for you in that fear of, you know, not even that loss perhaps, but just that fear Right. I'm glad your parents, first of all, could recognize that. Right. You know, and be able to work yeah. with that. But, you know, that wound that your mom carries in you, how many siblings do you have? So I have a sister. She's younger than me. And
0: unfortunately, my granddad died while she was in utero in my mom's womb um, as well. And both of us have gone to lo- to lose our to lose babies and okay, um, sorry yeah yeah so you know did def- your mom have any miscarriages
1: do you know no. before you or anything no okay no yeah. luckily hers were good yeah because the first child will line up for the father's ancestral suffering. They just have a natural kind of flow for that. The second child for the mother's, right? Oh, yeah. If there's a loss one, that's why I asked, was there any miscarriages? Mm-hmm. Do you know you're first of two, but let's say that there was one before you miscarriage, that would make you second of three. Yes, right? This is the yes. orders of love, and it's important to be able to include all of that. So with your own loss and so you have other children as well yeah so
0: Alice was first and we lost her to our first Mm. baby and then we had Casper who's our second first Mm. boy and then Josh is our third and he's the second
1: yeah so that you even speak in that way that Mm. you include that first one this helps keep the the entanglements out because it's not a secret Mm. it's not a you know, you include that one that you're, a yeah, mother of they're
0: very, very aware that. of that. And, and Casper yeah. acts like a second child and Josh mm-hmm. acts like a third child. I don't know if mm-hmm. you see
1: that as well with some of your work. Definitely. Yeah. Some of those archetypes, those personality archetypes. And know. I've
0: Googled it a lot and I can't get really any, there's no real research into it, mm-hmm. um, which is quite interesting, but I really feel that, that
1: they know their order. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for you to be able to, like I say, the more you know about the family history, I mean, it's a little bit of a, you got to be careful with it because sometimes when people first do family constellation work and we do this beautiful piece of work and they want to then go home and ask their family about all the traumas and tragedies that happened, you know, it's like the more you know, the secrets aren't there. So that helps you heal, but still, we don't want to re engage, you know, with them. So, you know, it sounds like from your ancestral past, you know, there's never just one thing that happens. That's the other thing. When I teach this work, I teach facilitators and they'll often try to look for that one place in history that caused it all. It's in, in your example is a great example of that, right? It's mother, it's father, it's grandfather. It's, you know, like everybody's got a piece of that. Everybody's holding part of that suffering. Yeah. So The idea is then, you know, what I like to work with is eight generations back, you know, when I work, you know, with the dollies and things, I'll put the person, their parents, and then the strength of the ancestor, you know, eight generations back, and they're the biggest ones in the field, right? So it sends a cascade down for everybody to find their little place. So your parents can take their place as the big one. You can take your appropriate place as the little one and embody your life force energy. So um, you find that
0: parents... Will take more responsibility for their own journey after this is done
1: because, um, yeah, I'm just interested. Uh, take more responsibility for their own journey. I mean, yes, I think that this work allows you to be able to, yeah, take more responsibility for your journey, but also have less responsibility for somebody else's journey. Do you know what helps yes. a boundary be set being set where you can? really set that set that boundary. And, you know, I notice you know, when I do the group work that, you know, the traditional Hellinger, he uses words, mostly, I come from a body work, massage background, Mm -hmm. movement background. So my style is a little bit more dynamic and moving. But some of those words that he uses that we still have to use those words. And one of them, if a parent, if I'm working with a, a client, and I'm trying to get their parent in their big place, so they can be little, because this is the movements of the family soul. You have to do it in a particular order. If the parent's not in their big place, none of the other movements that you do is going to work, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's one of the first things that we do and trying to get the parent into their, their big place. One of the lines that we use is, you know, for the inappropriate bigness, as we call it, is they'll say to the bigger ones, dear whoever, I'll take this all on. I'll take on all the pain. I will take on all the, all the suffering, no matter what the cost to me. That's usually okay. But then we have them say, or my children, and there is a, the parent will immediately release that they're carrying on behalf of their children. So from that perspective, they're taking that responsibility and knowing that when they let go of it, they free their kids up from it as well. That's that's so powerful,
0: isn't it? And I recalling there a session where I had somebody try to get their mom to, to take back the responsibility, take back different energies. And the first time we did it, uh, say, for example, it was grief and we handed it back to mom. She wouldn't take it and um, really, really struggling, wouldn't didn't want to take it. And so we actually brought in another sense, but we brought in Jesus to talk to mm-hmm. her because she was quite a religious woman. And we got Jesus to basically say to her, it's OK to let go. It's OK to take this on because you're going to be handing it back. It's not gonna sit with you it wasn't your fault you know basically doing that coaching work um and so for the first one we bypassed her so jesus took the energy and brought it around to her mother and it moved up the family tree moved up and at the very end in my work um it goes back to source um all this energy that we're passing goes up the line and and straight to source and and then that we tried again with another emotion and, and she took it so it was like she just needed to see that it was OK to let go. It was OK that we didn't blame her and not the we, me, the, the 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 daughter didn't blame her and that Jesus was there for her to help her and and give that offer of compassion and love. And once that
1: was in place, she was she was letting go like no one's business, you know, it was flying yeah. up the line. That's beautiful. That's beautifully done, do you know, and beautifully done in that way. And I don't know if you know, Father Jim Cogley here, he does oh. ancestral work and brings it into that frame where he's giving it back to, you know, God and he works a oh. lot with womb twins and all of that. So mm. it's, it's great to see, see that from the um, family constellation perspective, just dropping that kind of filter on it, you know, it's that yeah. big little, right. So here's your client wanting to give it back to mom and mom's going, nope, I don't want it. Cause she's not in her place. Right. There's no place. Mm-hmm, it's like,
0: mm-hmm,
1: because to, it. yeah. to give back sometimes, I know I had this experience. I was like, no, I don't want to give this back. I'm guilty. I don't want to, you know, I don't want anybody else to, I'd feel Just guilty suffer. to take mm-hmm. it on. Right. So it's more leaving it with them rather than giving it back. There's a different energetic exchange with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the little one. You're the big one. I leave this with you as I step into life, right? Okay, yeah. When the parent is in their appropriate big place, they say, yes, I'm the big one, you're the little one, leave this with me and go forward in your life. If the parent's not in their big place, there's nowhere to, to give them, to give it back to, right? So you bring Jesus or these other you know energies in, I would bring in eight generations back ancestrally to support her, right? So that she could then be little in relation to the bigger one, Find her place, right? So that ah, here she's in that place. And when the little one says, I leave this with you, this one says, Yes, leave this with me, right? And so that's just a way to describe Amazing. it in an ancestral frame.
0: Yeah, yeah. Different language, but the same kind same of energy. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer, and I work with women all around the world, helping them truly let go, so they can shape their own future, free from the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community, where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us. We enjoy guest speakers, and I create a tapping script or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 160 tapping videos, meditations, resources, and courses. So visit tappingformums.com forward slash join membership. I've noticed working with Irish clients in particular, because the families are bigger, that the trauma field for the bigger, bigger families, I'm talking eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I've dealt with somebody with a 12, um, came from a family of 12. Um, That there's more suffering because there's less love to go around or there was less attention or time to give to each individual. So everyone's cup
1: was a little less full,
0: if that makes sense. Have you seen that
1: in your work? First of all, I love working with the big families (laughs) here in Ireland, you know, Mm. because it's like the dynamics, right? How I would describe it, again, using the terminology family constellations, Mm. is that um, the more siblings there are, the more ancestral dynamics will play out amongst those siblings, right? So competing for attention, or I'm not good enough, or all that dynamic. Yeah right. is just the ancestral entanglements rattling around across the siblings, you know, right. Rather than through the generational line right. it's on one level. Yeah. yeah. And then that specific example of love and, you know, the child receiving the love and the support from their parents. And yeah, if the parents are, you know, spread thin, right. There's an ancestral soul movement called interrupted reaching out that is super important, which is when the child is born and separate from the mom's body, the child's soul reaches for the mother. If the mother's in her big place, in her place, she can meet the reach and there's an embrace, a soul embrace so that the child knows they're always loved and supported, right? If mom is not in her big place, if part of her soul has gone with some of her lost children, Mm -hmm. you know, any of that, and there's not enough of mom's soul present, the child will reach and that embrace isn't met. So they stop reaching, that's the name, Interrupted Reaching Out, right? So this plays out in the ability to receive abundance in any form, relationships, children, love, right? So I want to know across all those siblings, like the ones that don't feel like they experience the love from their parent, that Interrupted Reaching Out is going to be there because the more kids that you have, right, the less mom's soul is present there, Yeah. To be able to meet that reach, so that would be a movement that would be at play in that example.
0: That's amazing. I think that would be really healing, obviously for the bigger families. And um, for me, there it's just reminded me of the energy of rejection and abandonment. So, like that, that poor little soul that wanted that reach and that bond and that connection that didn't get it then i presume withdraws into themselves and feels rejected abandoned separate that's the separation actually because the separation piece isn't just a physical one isn't it it's the kind of where mom isn't unfortunately able to be physically or emotionally or mentally or spiritually
1: present for the for the baby yeah and so another movement victim perpetrator rescuer It's That triangle dynamic, right? So one that feels rejected, they're in that victim kind Mm -hmm. of place. The mom is perpetrating if they're not, you know what I mean? So yeah, the thing is, is with this triangle, you, you can't just have one aspect, they exist all together right? So the one who might feel like they're the victim, that they're rejected, they withdraw from the world. So they're perpetrate, you know what I mean? They perpetrate in themselves, can show up as autoimmune disorders in physical, it can show up as psychological, bipolar, where the psyche splits between victim and perpetrator. The rescuer is where when it begins to heal, like the healthy rescuer is able to um, well, the unhealthy rescuer is I will save others at the cost to myself, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. this is where we see a lot of people with that victim perpetrator pattern, or I see anyway, settle into this rescuer because that's the best place who wants to be perpetrating or victimized, but I'll rescue at the cost to myself, right? So to heal that movement helps that dynamic calm down. Wow.
0: Like there is so much going on, isn't there? You know, Like, even just what you've described there, you've described probably four or five different techniques of of putting the balance back in place and the order back in place and releasing the entanglements. 90% of us or more across the globe are walking around with no idea that this is at play and that this could be the root cause of their cancer or their anxieties, their depression, their lack of finances. Wow. Like wh- what are the, what are the main reasons people are coming to you for? So what are you hearing? Like, is it, I have a physical illness and I I'm trying
1: everything or is it anxiety and depression? Like what are the big things? It usually falls into that category where they've tried everything and nothing's working
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the medical perspective. If the medical system can explain it, you know, you know, they're coming to me in that mystery perspective, heightened emotional states clinical anxiety, depression, all of those things are the person experiences some anxiety and that gets hit with the wave of the ancestral anxiety and that takes them away, right? So when we separate the family's soul anxiety off the person, this is much more manageable. Like your own experience, you were, ah, and then ah, you release the greater anxiety collective and you're able to go, oh, hang on a minute. I can still feel this and be okay and be safe and be calm. So those emotional perspectives. Um, I work with, you know, the men who come to me, funnily enough, sent by their wives or sisters or whatever (laughs) will tend to work with business because they're more comfortable talking about their businesses and finances because anybody in the past who lost a business, drank away a business, (gasps) got a business stolen, got cut out of a will. These are all Mm. things that can impact your ability to receive abundance financially or work or career. So I'll work a lot. Um, from the business perspective, you know, um, yeah, and even making a good thing better. So it doesn't have to be this major trauma. It's very effective mm. with that. but it's also people that are just wanting to elevate their lives, right? They've done a lot of work. First of all, like those people, you know, who that piece where it's the conditions unresponsive to treatment because they need the family constellation, ancestral, work to be done for everything else to integrate. I love those, right? Because I can mm-hmm. see in a session as we release the ancestral entanglements, all the work they've been doing for a decade or however long begins to integrate to drop in fully yeah. for them, right? So that's the first kind of category. I then have like the practitioners working a lot with practitioners who, and you know yourself, like we continue to grow on our own personal growth journey when we Mm -hmm. work with others and we have to continue with our journey to be clear enough to hold space for others. So I do a lot of work with the practitioners who are, yep, I'm doing this work, but I know I need to go deeper and work some of this to be the best person, you know, mother, father, practitioner um, that I can be. So it's, I mean, if you have ancestors, this work is for you, right? (laughs) Everybody has ancestors. So, and there is an ancestral entanglement underneath everything. Right. So it works across the board. Wow. Yeah.
0: And obviously, there you've kind of referenced other therapies and things like doing this work is kind of standalone. However, it allows you maybe to make more progress in some other therapies that you're doing. So it kind of opens the door. It's like maybe the hidden door, is it that that is blocking you from success or sharing your voice? Like, I know that so many of us hold um throat chakra energy blockages you know from not one especially I don't know if uh, personally I connect a lot with the witch wound and the sister wound you know where um women the energy of women has been persecuted for generations and do you see that coming down the line can you identify into like the cause or does that even matter
1: uh it It matters if it's important, but usually the story is not what we're looking for, Mm -hmm. right? I can remember doing a workshop um, and everybody was getting so like in the breaks. I could hear everybody talking about this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a constellation for somebody and I'm not going to take any family history. I'm not going to take any story. I'm just going to set it up, right? And it works. And all the minds in the room were blown like, but she didn't know. And the story and... You know, we don't have to attach to the story. When I'm working one to one, sometimes we have to name it in order to let go of it. So we're walking that line with it. Sometimes we have to. or if it comes through very strongly intuitively, I'll ask myself in a session, is this useful for them? Do you know, and it can be, you know, uh, yeah. in that perspective. So um, but yeah, those wounds, I mean, that are carried. it's not just your family, it's also mm-hmm. country. Do you know things that happens in a country's psyche influences, do you know and you know working in America where I first started doing this it's a melting pot, do you know, my own personal history mm-hmm. is I've got, you know, German and Polish in my background, right? So that's a lot of holocaust energy coming through the yeah. dynamic, do you know, in the relationship with my parents. I was like they have a deep love but they just can't get on, right? Because that victim perpetrator was so strong because of that ancestral past as well. So Mm. um, that also plays a part in an even bigger, even bigger picture.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, I actually have written down here um, in Ireland, are you noticing anything um, interesting? Obviously we have the famine in our history and that, that came up for me. Well, not for me personally, but one of my clients she visually went back to see an ancestor, um, which she felt was ex- was the famine that that was kind of impacting her. Yeah, um, and so what are the common things that were you're seeing on a
1: country energy level? Well, you've hit it right on the head. It's the famine. A lot of the things that I track back to are from those famine days because there was death you know, young death, there was immigration that had to happen. People had to leave their homes, Mm -hmm. right. They had to leave the country. Um, And some of those, you know, when we talk about victim perpetrator, I know those are very charged words, but what I found in the famine days, it's like, for example, a man to feed his family might mean that somebody else's family starved. And, you know, if you're living in the same region, you're probably related to them. Right. So it's not a direct you know, violent, aggressive thing. It's I'm taking care of my family and that caused somebody else to die from that. So there's a lot of imprints around the famine times, you know.
0: Where do you see lack and and the connection to famine? Because I personally feel like, and, and alcohol and gambling and addiction and things like that, I feel are very
1: strongly linked to to lack. What What's come up there? Uh, as far as that, you know, alcohol and addiction, those are, um, what we call weakness of the masculine line, right? So, and we're not just talking about men who couldn't be, we're talking about men who went off to war, never came home, right? Mm -hmm. These kinds of things where there's a lot of men missing in the family, that would be the weakness of the masculine line. And we see that play itself out in alcoholism, you know, addiction, these sorts of things like the poverty consciousness lack kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Right. I think that this is, you know, this is interrupted reaching out is going to be in there because if we can't receive financial abundance and if there's a fear around it, there's never enough, there's not enough, all of that, the receiving channels, you know, aren't open fully. And again, famine is going to have a financial impact, like turning somebody's finances and business around by releasing ancestral entanglements, you know, to find these stories where somebody, you know, really the lack got them. you know where Mm -hmm. they didn't have enough or they lost everything or they got cheated out of it somebody stole it like all of that are replaying ancestral entanglements it's just fascinating and just so powerful isn't it um
0: wow so what would you advise somebody listening to this today um who's going oh my god like my family have been through so much and um I don't know where to start. I don't know what the benefit might be for doing this kind of work. Because do people, are people coming to you almost afraid of doing this work? Or are they coming to you going, I'm curious, uh, but I know it's going to help me?
1: Well, more of the latter than the former. But, I think that's one <laughs> of the misconceptions of the work that people mm. do think this big change is going to be scary and awful, and they're not sure they can handle it. Which is why i bring it into that consciousness medicine frame which treats all the bodies physical energetic emotional ancestral and spiritual because when you release this ancestral component it's like pulling the tablecloth off the table right we've got a, i use nlp neuro linguistic programming for belief structures identity structures energy medicine for the chakra systems. They're Mm -hmm. coming on at different ages, different imprints, like all of that is the table setting that we also have to work at the same time simultaneously so that the whole thing doesn't come crashing down. So because in my experience doing constellations, I'd be down for weeks to a month of processing. And I thought, hang on a minute, there's got to be a better way to make these big changes. And that's where that looking across the broader range of the all of the bodies to allow that to, I want it rather to, than things coming crashing down to land in a bed of feathers. Do you yes. Know? So, light. Exactly. So it mm. just depends what people resonate with. Do you know, some people want one-to-ones and, you know, I do those with the dollies and they're very, very powerful. Some people want the group sessions, do you know, mm-hmm. the workshop, some people are shy to do that. Um. So, but sometimes it's good because you can just come to a workshop And be a witness and the way I facilitate, everybody gets work. It's not just the people who constellation we do and the representative. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So you can be a witness, be a fly on the wall and still get healing. Do you know? And then there's these deeper immersive experiences with the retreats that I give in Ireland and now the world's opening back up for travel. I was giving them in Bali. I'm looking for places in Spain and Portugal to come together for multiple days. I did this in Bali the two years before the pandemic, five day family constellation retreats. I'm also a yoga instructor. Sound healing. So it would be a whole experience where you would, you know, come do morning yoga. We'd work through all the movements of the family soul during those five days. Everybody would get a constellation done. We do sound healing, cacao ceremonies. Lives completely changed, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, it just depends on what level of the experience. And it's fun, you know, I think that this really heavy, it's heavy energy. The ancestral energy can be quite heavy. So, I like to be lighthearted with it, you know, laughter, fun, you know, because mm-hmm. laughter heals as well. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, to be able to, you know, have those experiences. And, you know, this is why, because I love the work so much, I offer so many different things one to ones, workshops, retreats. You know, you can go away <laughs> to Bali, you can do them here in Ireland. You know, you can have a getaway in the Glenmalore Mountains and nature yeah. and breathe the fresh air and eat beautiful vegan food. And, you know, while you're doing the family constellation work. Um, yeah, so- I do the same, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things you you mentioned earlier is something that we talk about in EFT is borrowed benefits. And I think that's exactly what you're getting there when, like, you might not partake personally, um, but you're still getting the benefit of the, the healing. Um, and that happens in EFT. So if, if I'm, when I'm training people and I do a demonstration, I get everyone else to tap along and my God does the whole room, they are feeling and they're in it and they are getting the same kind of release. And I presume when you get these groups together, because what I've seen is a common theme, a commonality, a common, like there's a reason each of those people are there in that session at that one time, like they, they are going to get these borrowed benefits, even
1: if they're almost wanting not to. Yeah. I love that term that you're exactly right. You know, and these group events, I think help because they hear, wow, I'm not the only person in the world that feels this way Mm -hmm. because it can be very isolating when we get really bogged down in these ancestral entanglements. So I get people want the one-to-ones for the privacy and the personal touch, which is useful because when we do that, I can also go not just ancestral, but work their belief structures, work their energy body, you know, so the one-to-one is more comprehensive part of that healing in the group the the borrowed benefits but also i hear this so much they'll go wow like everybody in this room has the same issue i'm not alone <laughs> yeah. and to the, i mean that just helps depersonalize the whole thing yes. doesn't it yeah 100%. and the uniqueness the uniqueness of every workshop every retreat it's never the same and yeah. that's personally i have a lot of fire in my elemental makeup you know i like to move around a lot so i love that each session is different each workshop is different it's never the same twice and it's such a magical experience of you know in those groups it's like we become family you know i have a family constellation tribe a facebook group that we all get added to because we they you know we become family when we do this work together i love that wow
0: so yeah i i mean i i'm fascinated i'd love to do it as well um even though i feel like i've done a lot i'd say there's there's more to do you know um is one session enough is it is it
1: you need 3 you need 10 like how how quick does it work it depends on how long the condition has been there first of all right because we have to appreciate something that's been there for decades right and the the trauma to the psyche to release it in a day you know it might take longer but mm-hmm. the way that i work is that every like one session you're going to have healing from it i like to work in threes just cuz those are good sacred numbers do you know but mm-hmm. integration in between like and family constellations yeah. you know maybe we might do you might have your family constellation done once or twice a year right it's because it takes because it's in that other space we were talking about it takes a, a time to integrate you know it can take immediate changes to months to years you're still noticing the benefits of it mm. so it's really a case by case basis but you know working the family constellations to work the ancestral component and then I feel very strongly about being able to work from that consciousness medicine perspective. Well let's revise your limiting beliefs to empowering ones. Let's clear those energetic disturbances that are associated with the imprints you experienced on your timeline that were based on these ancestral patterns, right. It's all woven together in this tapestry. Um, And, you know, it's really, really up to the person. Um, But I find most people who come for a session, they want to continue, do you know, they go, okay, that's done. Now I want to work on this next thing. Do you know? Um, Amazing. I love your pooling together
0: of multiple modalities and, you know, looking at it really holistically rather than maybe not, you know, just, Solely from the family constellation practice. And um, that's the same with me in tapping. I suppose I feel like I went in becoming a tapping therapist and I have evolved so much, and so much more things are coming online, new information that I learned, picked up, you know, a few words from you that make sense. And I'll probably throw into my next session, you know, and you, we just gather these tools that all of a sudden make up something that is quite personal to you or unique even um and downloads of new things to add in and stuff like I I just find that so exciting as well the evolution of these practices and these
1: modalities yeah it's beautiful I mean you know life is a path of learning I'm learning all the way you know all the way to the end you know <laughs> yeah I, but I was really inspired to, you know, bring those modalities together to promote lasting change. That was one thing because I'd noticed, you know, I might go and somebody to a workshop or training and somebody would have a profound healing and I'd see them a few months later and they were sort of right back to where they, you know, they mm. didn't make the lasting change because, you know, if you just change something in one of the bodies and you move forward, you're going to bungee back, right? If it's still in your energy field, right? Or you change something physically, but it's ancestral, you won't be able to have lasting change to move yeah. forward. So, that was the inspiration for that. And also to allow these big changes to not have to be huge. Existential crises. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you've experienced dark nights of the soul every other week. I know. Is it necessary? You know, like, did you know, did you know, top of Crow patrick and up there 40 days, 40 nights? Could you do that at the Four Seasons? Like, did it need to be on a mountaintop? Like, these are the philosophical (laughs) questions I entertain. (laughs) But I do think that, you know, back to this thing, it's like people walk around not knowing it. So they're carrying these ancestral entanglements. So Yes, you know, I think that everybody should do the family constellation work, but the way that natural, you know, humanity goes that, you know, people who let's say aren't on the personal growth process in this lifetime, they'll have major life crises, right? And Mm. this is that, you know, the crisis that they have that promotes this growth, right? To life and death, you know, cancer diagnosis or whatever it is, is going to have them shift off some of the burden they carry naturally naturally and re-engage with life. So we're wired like this as humans yep. to release these patterns. We just give it a tailwind by doing the family constellation work.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, I always think like you could get to rock bottom, like many of us, or you could get, you know, do something before you get to rock bottom. <laughs> and I think that choice is up to every individual, you know, <laughs> I'd personally rather not have got to rock bottom, but uh, it served a big purpose. And I'm now, you know, living that purpose. And I'm sure you're exactly the same. And um, so yeah, thank you so much. I will link everything, uh, all your website details, etc, in the show
1: notes so people can find you. Um, but where is the best place to follow your work? Uh, yeah, thanks, Sarah. The best place is my website, www.consciousness-medicine.com. That has everything you need to know, courses, workshops, uh, blogs, podcasts. I've just launched my own podcast called Healing Codes, which are 15-minute weekly episodes, healing thanks. activations, and guided meditations. Um, but it's all, all on the website. You know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, connect in. Um, We'd love to hear from people. Um, and- check it check it out excellent well i can't wait to to work with you in the future i definitely want to book in um and yeah thanks again great thanks sarah i really enjoyed it thanks
0: so much for listening to this episode and i hope you enjoyed this chat and had a few light bulb moments what are your key takeaways please do subscribe follow or leave a rating or review to help this podcast reach more people and jump into my dms and let me know how you get on Thanks again to Olverum, who are generously giving us a 20% discount with the code tapping moms in caps. Do share with me what you buy and what you think. Also, don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your own self-care practices. Visit tappingformoms.com.